0: Welcome to Wonder, a podcast for curious kids. Hello, Wonder. Can you imagine not being allowed to learn to read because you're a girl? a young woman called Malala Yousafzai was shot in the head for standing up to terrorists who believed this. She was a 15-year-old girl from Pakistan and became one of the most influential teenagers in the world. Malala is now 22 years old and studying at Oxford University. She is the youngest person ever to win the Nobel Peace Prize. This story begins many miles away in the Pakistani town of Mingora. On the 9th October 2012, Malala was on the school bus home. It was exam week and she and her friends were chatting and gossiping. As they rounded a corner, two young men looking like college students flagged down the bus. ''Who is Malala?'' one demanded. The other girls, confused and a little bit scared, looked over at their friend innocently identifying her. The young man then shot her at point-blank range. Two girls sitting beside her, Shazia Ramzan and Kainat Riaz, were also injured. For ten long minutes, no one came to their rescue. When help did arrive, Malala's condition was critical. The bullet had entered just above her left eye, travelled down through her neck and lodged in her back. She was airlifted by helicopter to a military hospital in Peshawar on the Pakistan-Afghanistan border. A scan revealed her brain was swelling dangerously and immediate surgery was the only option. A portion of her skull had to be removed to relieve pressure on the brain. The surgeon placed this inside her abdomen, just in case it could be used again later. So why had this small, studious girl become an assassination target? And who wanted to kill her? Malala was born in the Swat Valley, an area of Pakistan known for its outstanding natural beauty. Nestled in the foothills of the Hindu Kush mountain range it's surrounded by snow-capped mountains and pine forests. You can ski there in the winter and go hiking in the summer. In 2006 normal life came crashing to a halt when the Taliban, an extreme religious group, took control of the area. They banned TVs, music and even skiing for being against their beliefs. Schools, particularly girls' schools, were closed down. The people of SWAT had three very difficult choices. Comply with their ideology, leave or get killed. Some Pakistani families favour their sons over their daughters, but not Malala's. Encouraged by her father Ziadine, a teacher, she started writing an anonymous blog for the BBC called The Diary of a Pakistani Schoolgirl. Its name reminds us of another schoolgirl diarist. Do you know who that might be? Malala's blog exposed the miseries of living in Swat under the Taliban. This religious group claimed to follow a pure form of Islam, but their beliefs and actions are much more extreme than those of the majority of Muslims. Women were banned from going to the market, people were publicly flogged for stepping out of line, and anyone who spoke up could be put to death. Malala and her friends carried on going to school, quietly and carefully. The more she wrote, the more well-known she became. Soon it was impossible to hide her real identity. Malala appeared on television with a simple plea. Girls must be allowed to go to school. And her fame spread beyond Pakistan. And an American newspaper, the New York Times, made a documentary film about this brave schoolgirl. The religious leaders were furious that someone so young could stand against them, and a girl at that. No one thought the Taliban would target a child. They were wrong. The news of Malala's shooting ricocheted around the world. By chance, a group of British doctors were visiting Pakistan. One of the team, a children's intensive care specialist called Fiona Reynolds, agreed to go to Peshawar to help Malala. She discovered the 15-year-old's kidneys were shutting down, her heart and circulation were failing, and her blood pressure dangerously unstable. Dr Reynolds could see the bullet had narrowly missed her brain and she needed specialised treatment. The teenager was airlifted to Britain in a medically induced coma. She woke up 10 days later in a Birmingham hospital, surrounded by doctors and nurses all speaking English. She was deaf in one ear and the left side of her face was badly damaged but she was lucky to be alive. Over a year of surgery and rehabilitation followed and her parents and two younger brothers joined her in the UK. Finally, Malala returned to school, this time in Birmingham, as it was too dangerous for them to return to the Swat Valley. Malala made an extraordinary recovery. She has a titanium plate fitted to her skull and a cochlear implant to restore the hearing in her left ear. In the end, the doctors never did reuse that fragment of skull put in her tummy. Eight years later, when you meet her, the only evidence of the physical trauma is her slightly wonky smile. As well as studying for her GCSEs, Malala along with her father set up a fund to promote children's education. On her 16th birthday, she addressed the General Assembly of United Nations in New York before an audience of world leaders. She also visited President Obama in the White House and had tea with the Queen at Buckingham Palace. Her autobiography, I Am Malala, written together with the British journalist Christina Lamb, has sold nearly two million copies. In 2014, when she was 17 years old, Malala was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in recognition of her fight for girls' right to an education. On the day the prize was announced, she was in a chemistry lesson at her school in Birmingham. The deputy head teacher called her out of the class to tell her she'd won. Then she went back to her desk. Today in Pakistan, Malala is loved by some and hated by others. Her opponents complain she is a puppet of her father, or a spy for America. They say she loves the attention and has forgotten the young Pakistanis who suffer today. Some even accuse her of faking her own shooting. When she returned home for the first time in 2018, there were protests as well as celebrations. The Taliban did not silence Malala Yousafzai that October afternoon. The opposite, in fact. They gave her a megaphone so children everywhere can hear her. When the whole world is silent, even one voice becomes powerful, she says. Her message today remains clear. Girls everywhere should be allowed to learn and to lead. Her foundation has raised nearly 20 million US dollars, but there's a mountain to climb. 130 million girls around the world still don't go to school. Malala combines being both ordinary and extraordinary. She is small and delicate in person, yet she has smashed expectations about what a young woman can achieve. Once upon a time, Malala said she wanted to become a doctor, or perhaps a prime minister. These days, she's just trying to pass her university exams. Whatever she achieves, she has already shown what can happen when a courageous girl speaks out. Would you stand up to injustice regardless of the consequences? Today, the Wonder Podcast was read to you by Anissa Kadri. It was written by Henrietta McMicking and produced by Camilla Akers-Douglas.